podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. So, didn't really go how we wanted it to there. Yes, they did it. Um, we said before it, to be fair, me and you, the confidence a lot of our fans had before the game was was a bit a bit too much. Um, but let's get into it. Um, I'm going to start with the positives from the game because, to be honest with you, I don't think there's that many. I don't think it's going to take us too long to go through the positives. Um, Alisson had nothing to do, bar one save. Um, Van Dijk, I thought was sound, nothing, nothing wrong. Um, Simakas, <laughs> literally, I'm just running through them. I'll obviously let you get your bit in a sec, but um, Simakas, I thought was was very good to be honest. Um, and then I think the only other one really was Endo. Um, don't think he really put a foot wrong, but there's there's a lot letting us down in that game. But um, what are, what are some positives for you? Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think Allison again, he makes a save that could cost us the game if it goes in. It would have cost us the game because we obviously didn't fucking score. So, um, yeah, I think the way he rushes out to one of the other ones as well prevents a, prevents a goal. Um, Van Dijk, spot on. Even the, the chances they created that weren't through poor defending like we've seen in the past with, with the past few games where we lack concentration in that they, they just actually ripped through us twice mm. <laughs> the chances with Japanese in football you can accept that if they'd have scored it would have been a great goal um, yeah Simakas solid feisty went in for 50-50s showed his passion as fucking you know his love for us and his shirt and he had, he had a good goal was up and down Enzo thought was again faultless thought he was brilliant he stood out in midfield for me. He was the only one who, mm. who even he was spot on defensively. He was getting stuck in, was breaking up the play when they did try and go forward every now and again. And yeah, he stood out even the way he was turning and, and trying to get on the front foot and, and get us on, on the attack. Um, I thought Salah was involved more than the others. He tried to get on the ball as much as he could and never had any real support with him when he did. Um, I think you're only really seeing the support come for him when Gakpo came on. Yeah. Uh, and then it was one twos and trying to get him behind and it thought it was going to happen at one point. But yeah, um, Diaz have seen getting a lot of shit. His, capable of, his capabilities of taking a man on at the minute is just none. Hmm. He's he's not doing it. He's not trying to do it. I don't know if he's lost a bit of confidence since his injury. But again, he doesn't go hiding. He tried to get on the ball. He tried to make stuff happen. You know, he, he lost the ball a few times, but then he'll track back and he'll try. So can't fault the lad for for trying, even when it's not going great. Um, and yeah, I think you know going into the game, we're we're going into to remain top of the league, aren't we? We're going in against a, a wounded Man United side who were playing practically their reserves and the atmosphere weren't on either. And I think no, it wasn't. They'd fed onto the pitch, you fed onto the players. It all went a bit stale after 10 minutes. If we'd have scored in that first 10 minutes, it would have been 
what you'd expect of a Man United fixture and the fan base, but we're sort of waiting for them to do something before we get up and get out of our seats and it, it sometimes can't be like that. You've got to be there for them when it's not going great. But say not going great, we win that game at top of the league and it was just a bit of a weird scenario yesterday. The, the football display and the display from the fans was all a little bit disrespectful to, to, to what was in front of us. Yeah, I mean, the game itself was was a, just a head-enders game of football. Um, neither side looked good coming out of that. Obviously, it looks better for United because, you know, the last time they come to Anfield, it was 7-0. So going away with a 0-0 um, is obviously an improvement for them. But they, they didn't play well at all. We had shots, but we didn't really look like scoring except for that one 10 chance that went just wide the post second half other than that I don't think we honestly look like scoring all game um, and even that was just a sort of a bit of a, a hit and hope like but it's a, you know you hope a lot more when it's sent there but on this occasion just went just went wide but as I say the football on show was just horrendous from both teams I thought and um, yeah I think the crowd I think they both the crowd let the side down before anything else I think I just think the crowd was 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 dead, but I did say on Twitter when you've got people out there flogging tickets for two fifty, three fit, three hundred quid, three hundred and fifty quid. What do you expect? You're not going to get the right sort of people in the crowd, and I'm not talking about locals or tourists or anything like that. Just the right type of fan, regardless of where you're from. You're not going to get them in there if they're paying three fifty, four hundred quid. So it's a working class game, and it's gone. It's not a working class game anymore, and um, the people who are. Taking the tickets for three, four hundred quid, are fucking not really interested in the results. They just want to be in there to say, "Yeah, look where I was when Liverpool did this or Man United did this." You know, half of them record the fucking away fans singing and that. It's, it, there's no passion towards the club or the the players on the pitch. They just want to be able to tell the mate they've been in there. And I think this is this is the problem. I've got no issue with people on fucking GoPros recording content and that for a, a page or a career. You've got, go for it. If you speak in sense and you, this is what you do for a living and you're passionate about it, yeah? But people whipping the phone out for every corner, every throw and every free kick and the fucking hope of catching a goal when they're not singing, when they're not getting the phone out, they're sat on the fucking hands. They're not singing. They're, they're snarling people who are singing. You think it's weird. It's just um, all very strange, and there's just too many of them in the ground at the minute. And and I'll say again, local fans. There's I was sat in the main stand amongst like fifty to to seventy year old Liverpool fucking locals who didn't bat an eyelid or had a feisty tackle or a penalty opportunity. They don't get out the seats. They don't fucking clap. They don't get grossed in the game like they may be used to. And I think when when it becomes like a bit of a chore just to say you've been the match. It's time to step down and let the kids go because that ground, that ground should be fucking bouncing for Man United, whether we're 10th in the league or top. It's Manchester United. It should have been fucking rocking and it wasn't. It, it was for five minutes. You never walk along was great. Um, 10 minutes in, it was great. And then I think everyone got that feel, like what you've just said, we, we, we're not going to score. And, and it's, it died. Mm. It literally, died and I, I don't think the players lacked effort they never turned up arrogant and thought they were going to bat them they just struggled to break through them they defended well Man United we didn't create any real chances and that again that's where your fans need to fucking pick it up but I've never seen in one game of football 
so many players try and cheer crowd up and not get a response. Yeah, that was weird. Klopp did at one point, Allison did, Salah did, Trent did. I've never seen it. It was embarrassing. Like, that should be everyone on the fucking feet roaring. Let's go at them now, let's attack them. And there was nothing. So mm. as an army, we failed the team. You know, and as the as the front line, which they are for us, they didn't quite get over the line, but they never lost. So, you know, it's not a fucking disaster. We just mm. never broke through on the day, which we know we've said before it happens. Teams like them, teams like fucking put them in the same category as Burnley with the setup. That's what they're gonna do. You Chef United, they're gonna they're gonna sit in and sign it on the counter and their plan worked and ours didn't. Simple as that. Yeah, um no, as I say, the crowd was just first ten minutes you said was great and you know, I think we got about four corners in the first five or ten minutes and we were all over them. Like you thought we were scoring two or three in that first ten minutes the way we played, we fucking absolutely peppered them. And then after that, I don't know, we just we let them get back in, we just let them get the shape. When didn't look like we were really trying to break them down. I don't know if shooting the cop end first half has threw them a little bit. Just because they're not used to it, um, but you've got to, you've just it, that can't be playing into. It. I don't, I can't imagine that was a factor, but I don't know what it was. Um, trying to find one. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm trying to think of something because, as I say, after that first ten minutes, we just lacked everything. I say we we had what thirty two shots. I think it was eight on target, and realistically, Anana didn't have a single difficult save to make in the entire game. And this is a keeper we should have been fucking testing from. I'll, Every fucking shot, and every shot was right at him, right down his throat. He made one sort of camera save that he didn't really have to make a save like that for when Salah cut inside. Um, he could have stood there and caught it if he wanted to. He's just he kind of took the piss a little bit with that one. I felt, but I think the one off the edge is a good save, but again, it's just right at him. He should be saving it, but mm. he all theatric with that. Um, but yeah, I think we've just got this attitude at Anfield now where. We go to be entertained, and if they don't entertain as they should, we don't get behind them, and that's like an Everton mindset. You know, we we should be you should be going that ground, and we're no matter where you are in the league, like especially now that we we're not expecting to be in a title race, but we are. You should it should be bouncing. We should be getting behind them, and if they have an off day, you fucking rally round and you stay behind them, and you get you, you make sure we do what we can to get them over the line. Big atmospheres create big moments and big games, and. You know, it unsettles the opponents as well and they weren't unsettled one bit. They grew into the game. The first 10 minutes when they started wasting time and that, you were waiting for the keeper to make a mistake and then we stopped pressing as much. We just, we sort of just gave up on that and let them do it. And I think that's that was the moment when all the energy was zapped out the crowd, all the energy was zapped out the team. We just stopped. It was mm. like, calm down now. We're not going to force the mistake. And it, even that playing out from the back, he started getting better. His passes were getting more accurate and they were doing more with it. They were bringing it down and playing into midfield and, and running into space. So, say their, their plan worked and they nullified the crowd, nullified our team. And it was a frustrating day at the office all, all round. But we, as, as a fan base, you can't turn into those who go, oh, well, if they're not playing well, it doesn't generate an atmosphere. If fucking, you just get up and you sing. Mm. Not hard. It's not the theatre where if the show shit, you get off. <laughs> it's not the theatre. You haven't paid to go and watch a, a fucking drama or a show. You've gone to support a, a thing you love, a passion, and that should be pouring out to you most games, especially the big games. So, 
Yeah, it just annoys me. I've had I put a post on Twitter about it, and I've had a few. Uh, the ones who are from Liverpool t- twist everything to make out that you're saying it's for it's the wolves and the day tippers, which is not a terminology used because it's it's not. No. It's, they're part. Some of them are part of the problem. Some locals are part of the problem. Some people who are seventy who sat in the middle of a stand who can't be asked moving apart the problem people who shouldn't be in the ground getting tickets for 400 quid each apart the problem who aren't going to generate an atmosphere bastards selling tickets locals and non-locals getting season tickets and full credit memberships selling them they're past the problem the owners are past the problem because they're not asked who gets in the ground and there's problems all over the fucking gaff but yeah I put my post out and I had 90% agree with me the odd few say, oh, it, locals are bad as well. It's not just day tippers, which is not something I said. So yeah, it, I see. It's, just, it's just one of them where if, if you feel like you've got to defend people who go the match that are from Liverpool, I think you're one of the fans who don't sing and mm. you've got to do that people don't sing. Um, and then he had Courtney, who's a, a, a content creator, say it's a, it's a bit sly, saying people who record the game are, are affecting the atmosphere, but it's got to be taken in context. I've took a photo, I've took a video of a match for, for TikTok once where they throw me hat in the video. Do you know what I mean? A, a 10 second clip, something like that. But if there's something happening, if there's a free kick, a penalty in that, I'm not recording it because I'm invested in the game. You've got people, you've got people literally, there was a lad next to me recording everything that happened. If it looked like something could happen, his phone was out recording it straight onto Snapchat and like I'm sat watching his fucking phone to see if his video uploads to Snapchat pissing me off but like dragging him and it's happened before so it's got to be taken into context if you if you sat with a fucking phone sellotape to your head on record and you're screaming your bastard head off no one's asked fair play to you but if you're not if you sat recording sat in silence and you're snarling people because they're fucking making noise on your video then <laughs> You know, you, you shouldn't be in the ground. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, look, it, like I say, it was just, it was flat. It was dead. Gary Neville, very, very, um, you know, he's he's one of the people who always praises Anfield and he said it was fucking the worst Anfield atmosphere he's ever, he's ever seen. And he, he I, 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 whether, I don't know whether he was right, but you, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find a fucking, a, a, recent, a, a more recent be honest, mm, like, the scary part is there has been worse ones. There's been worse ones, and that's that's the level we're at at the minute. But again, you know, you speak to people from the seventies and eighties, and they'll say it's a myth that it was always bouncing. Which again, my dad said that it wasn't bouncing, but the big games are when everyone who should be in the ground gets in the ground, and everyone's a unit, and everyone's after the same thing, no matter how they're playing. You know, we've seen games where we've been. Outplayed off the park against the big team, but we've stayed behind. We fucking clapped our team off the pitch. It's getting to a generation where if they don't play well, we, it's almost as if people are just going to be like stubborn. Oh, I'm not clapping, I'm not clapping, I'm not doing this, I'm not cheering because they don't deserve it today, which is just fucking mental. I'll be honest. You know, you mm. go there, a lot of us go there. I went on my own. You know, my dad's in the pub. I've gone the match. Don't fucking know anyone around me. If you score a goal, you want to be able to fucking grab someone and give them an hug and a fucking kiss on the head. And that's how the match is. I felt like yesterday, if we'd have scored a goal, no one would have budged. It felt like we'd, they'd have just sat clapping. 
Like they might have collapsed, they might not have collapsed. It was just one weird, weird situation I was in. Sat on the halfway line with a load of our people. And again, I don't don't want to fucking use age as a as a fucking rod to poke people with, but if you're in that ground as a chore because you feel like you've got to be, then give your seat up to fucking someone younger who's gonna love the game and let it seep out and let it go onto the pitch and, and sit in the wall at watch the telly. Because I just think there's there's just too many there who just go for like a, a social aspect of it. Like the people around me were all like in a big click and I think that's lovely. I think it's brilliant. But you could go to the pub and do that. What they done? Sat speaking hmm. all the way through the match. They're not interested in never walk alone. They've heard it a hundred thousand times so they're not asked anymore. They've lost the love of that. Whereas I want to burst my fucking eyes crying every time I hear it because I still fucking love it. It's still in me, do you know what I mean, to, to want to sing it and be passionate about it. So I just think once you've lost that love of it, no matter how old you are, regardless, but once you've you've got to the point where oh, I've done this time and time again, I'm not really asked anymore, I just come to, to come. Just mm. jib it. Just jib it and let the younger lads go in because there's, I'm telling you, there's about 100,000 people on a waiting list there dying to bite your hand off to get in. So if if you can't be asked singing or shouting or enjoying the match with even a fucking clap, then just don't go to the game. Yeah, yeah. We'll see an improvement. It's the only way. Um, but look, let's, let's try and talk about some of the... the performances um, from the match and I think the two that were the most disappointing were, were fairly obvious I think Sobersly, um and Nunes um, Sobersly first um, yeah just he was an absolute he was a ghost in the game didn't I, I can't remember a single thing he'd done um, Gravenberg wasn't much better than him but Gravenberg again like you said with Diaz Gravenberg tries at least Sobersly didn't look like he was trying yesterday. Um, I don't know what it is with him. The drop-off has been mad. I don't know if he's missing McAllister next to him a little bit. Um, I, I, I just don't know what it is, but he's a shadow at the minute of of the player we were for all ranting and raving about literally a month and a half ago. Yeah, it's, uh, like I, I asked, I sent a message at half-time saying he needs to come off. Is that, is that look like, I don't know whether the game is just too big for him. I don't know whether... You know, he's, he's got that fucking Gerard tattoo and I don't know whether the number eight is weighing down on him a little bit because he has come in, you know, unbelievable and he's, he's had that label instantly. The new Steven Gerrard. Mm. I was at a dude the other week with Jan Mulby and that and there was a signed Sobberslay shirt and John Barnes was selling raffle tickets for him and he was saying it win the shirt of the new Steven Gerrard and that's where he, that's how big he was... <laughs> Like praised and how big he was rated when he first came in because of how good he started, but the drop-off has been magnificent. Um, he couldn't pass a ball yesterday. He literally, mm-hmm. he looked like he'd won a competition to play at Anfield. He, he couldn't pass a fucking ball. Everything, and I'm talking like five-yard passes, playing it in behind. He just couldn't. It just wasn't working. He was kicking it out of play. He was not winning tackles. I don't think he never tried. He just when he, he was probably better off not fucking trying because he was that bad. Hmm. Uh, as you say, I, I think Gravenberg, Gravenberg does these mad runs like Joel Matter where he picks it up deep and he goes and he goes and he goes and then he doesn't release it. But I don't think he played too bad actually, Gravenberg. I thought, again, out of the two, you're expecting Sobbers, like I said on the last one, he's got to grab that game by the scruff of the neck and run with it and he never, he, he literally, he, he never, he just, 
he looked when he had the ball, he looked like it was one of them. Please don't pass to me. And I don't know why, because it went like a hostile environment. You know, there was, there was times like where the the negativity did seep down onto the pitch every time he misplaced a pass. You could hear it; it was noticeable. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know why he'd miss McAllister because Endo in that role, I said before, is better than McAllister in that role. So I think it'd be perfect to see how, how he works alongside McAllister as a as a midfielder as opposed to having him behind him. But yeah, you, I, I can't even put it down to him, you know, not being assured that there's Endo behind him and not McAllister because Endo was absolutely the fucking bee's knees yesterday. Mm. Stood out. He, in a game we didn't play that well, he stood out very well, like a lot. And yeah. I, I was made up with Endo. <laughs> Nunes scaring me. He's not even like, you know, the thing we've, I think we've all given him a little bit of leeway with everything because what we always say, he just comes on and causes chaos. And I think even recently, he hasn't even been doing that. Like yesterday, he, I, he, I don't know. He's just not doing it at the minute at all. Um, I think 10 games without the goal now. Um, last goal involvement was the assist in the Sheffield United game, um, which was the, the last bit of fucking chaos we've seen from him. Um, because like like we said at the time, he shouldn't be fucking diving into time with that tackle when he did, but he, he did. But he's done nothing like that since he's he can't stay on side to save his life. Um, like the man, I just he can't read. He, like you said last time, just look down the line. Like it's your only job when you run. Look down the line. <laughs> if there's no defender level with you, fucking drop back. You, he's fucking electric. He's one of the fastest players in the Premier League. He doesn't need to be going that early. Yeah, lad, he, he baffed, like yesterday he frustrated the life out of me. If I'd have strangled him, I was probably in such a distance of him, I'd have strangled him. He was brain dead yesterday. Yeah. Again, he's he's another one. He just looks like he's won a competition. And don't get me wrong, we're not a fan base that turns on players instantly. And he has, he's had, what, fucking hell, a year? 18 months. 18 months to to win us over and he was instantly loved because of his work rate and, you know, because he is mental and he causes chaos and it, it was a bit of a novelty. It was a bit funny having a player like that who you not, don't know what to expect of but yet it's getting to a point now where it's getting more frustrating than enjoyable. Yeah. He is and he's he's a nightmare. Even I've I seen fucking Klopp he got booked and Klopp screaming at him to shut up and he's like, what? What? Klopp's roaring at him. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut up. Shut up, go away, and he's still fucking ranting and raving. Mm. He just lost the plot, plot life. Um, not counting him down and out by any means because there's a talented player in there, but there's just something lacking in his brain. He's like, he's like Jordan Pickford. He just, he just lacks like a brain. He just hasn't got a brain. Mm. He just does mad shit for. No reason. Like, even like yesterday, he got booked for jumping up and not didn't one bit look at the ball. He knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't yeah. even try and get the ball. Like, I don't even know whether the ball was there. He just jumps up. It's fucking... It's, and then he he doesn't even jump. He just runs into him on purpose. He just, he just goes for the player. And then... He just, and then there scores. And, but, like, you know, like, if he does that and then he goes down to the end and scores, you go, ah, oh, he's hilarious. But it is getting to the point now where... It's not hilarious because he's not doing anything. He's not involved in the game. And 
like another thing we loved about him was we said when he's played shit as head, his head doesn't go, he's still involved in everything we do. He he's chaos, but at the minute it's a negative chaos because he is getting booked for stupid things still, but not having any impact on the game in a positive way. And to say there's a few lunatics who are like, I'm done with Nunes now, I'm done. I felt like that yesterday. I felt like honestly, if he never played again, I wouldn't be asked because he was just so frustrating as a striker against Man United with that defence. Why he didn't rumble them and try and cause chaos. He, yeah. he just didn't want to be anywhere near it. It was fucking crazy. But no, there is, there's people going a bit too far saying, oh, I'm done with him. Can't support him. He's crap. He's, he's finished and that. Um, he's 23 odd. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He's still learning, but he's got to learn soon. Uh, Fowler got shit the other week saying, how long do we give him? You know, how long's it funny for basically? How long's a, a novelty before we go? He's not scoring enough. He's not setting up enough. And he had a remarkable start to the season, really. But mm. again, the drop off is like it's like he, he he's a schizophrenic. Yeah. It's like he's got a different personality within him that clicks and doesn't click. And when it doesn't click, he's just shocking. Hmm. Truthfully, I think he's got until the end of the season, the way it's going at the moment. If he continues in this vein. He, I, I don't see how he, he stays in all honesty and again me and you have two very vocal supporters of Darwin Nunes we fucking absolutely love him but it, it is getting to a point where it's like the, the, our front line is costing us the league as it stands because they're not performing Salah you know will still pop up with, it, with goals more often than not yes he was an off day for him a really fucking off day for him but you know he's going to still pop up with goals but at the minute I can't see Nunes getting on the score sheet. I can't see Diaz getting on the score sheet. Gakpo isn't getting enough of a chance. I, I had people saying he was, that Gakpo was shit yesterday. It's like he's not he's not getting the proper chance. He's coming on. He's going out. He's going left wing. He's getting put in the field. He's not getting played up front where we want to see him. Um, so he's not getting a proper chance. And and Jota right now is the only one I can see getting a goal for us. I'd put him in injured at the minute. Like it's getting to a point. Obviously, I'm taking the piss, but it is getting to a point where it's like we're desperate for Jota to come back. Um, yeah, and when he got injured, I don't think there was any real concern amongst us because we were thinking to ourselves exactly: well, we've got Nunes, we've got fucking Gakpo, we've got Diaz. Will be signed. He's only off for a few weeks, and now it's like hurry the fuck up, get oh, on that Allison fucking recovery program, and get back. <laughs> No, it is. Really is. It's a. Uh, it's just frustrating to watch because it is. It's the games like yesterday. You you really should be creating a lot more than that. But on, if you if you didn't watch football or no football, you look at the stats and you go, we fucking pulverized Manchester United. There could have been fucking eight 0 but it wasn't the case. We didn't. There was not really any clear cut chances. Um, I think I, I haven't seen Gomez's back where he hits that from from out wide hmm. and it hit the side netting. Um, but that's as close to celebrating the goal as we got, and I don't think it went anywhere near. So, no, it's one of them. He probably shouldn't have tucked the shot on, but at the same time, if it was pretty much any other player on the pitch in that same position, you're begging them to shoot. So I can see why he has. If it was Trent running in at, from right back about to take that shot, you you're telling them to shoot all day long. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's been Joe Gomez who's never, ever, ever scored a goal in his entire life. Um, that, that's that been on the end of it. It's just unfortunate player placement, I suppose, in a way. You can say you're the neck, can't you, at least. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
No, but again, like I don't think I can't sit here and say I thought we played dead bad because I didn't. I I wasn't. I just had that feeling. I said to you the other week. I just feel like we're constantly going to score, no matter what happened yesterday. I knew we were going to score. Yeah. And I think, as I say, I don't know whether other fans felt the same, and that's why it died the deck after ten minutes. But it just had that feel. They were just going to frustrate us, nullify us, and it was on the break. And when we seen Rashford warming up, it was like fuck. These could he could nick it. He could just nick it because that's what I said to you. Him over the top against that high line is a fucking disaster waiting to happen. But thankfully, he didn't even fucking get involved really. No. But yeah, it just it is just all very frustrating. I think because we're we're so we're seeing Man City dropping points, and we know for hundred percent they'll just come back bouncing like they do. They'll have the little drop off they have most seasons where they give a false pretense to us all at the finish and then they just fucking bounce back and blitz everyone. So we need to we need to make the most of any points dropped by any team. And it just makes next week a lot bigger. But I just I think if them chances United created, even though we never defended bad, you just fucking you just think to yourself, like what are they going to create? Fulham have scored three pals have scored past us. United could have scored two in with, with no strikers. Like, mm. what are Arsenal going to be capable of? But again, it depends what fucking Liverpool fan base turns up. If Liverpool fan base turns up and within 10 minutes we're on there, we're, on, we're close to the pitch, we're out of our seats, we're fucking screaming, we're shouting, we're roaring for every ball, every tackle, every throwing, then Arsenal won't want to be on that fucking pitch with us. And that'll show our players will grow in confidence and we'll probably fucking score early. But, say, it just it all it's all a fucking uniform and you've got to be in it together. Hmm. Well, no, I mean, I said I said exactly that pretty much on on Twitter yesterday. It's you know United only had a couple of chances really, but you give Arsenal them chances to score. If if Gabriel Jesus gets in the position Hoyland was yesterday, I'd I wouldn't say nine times out of ten he's scoring just because it's Allison, but he's got a he's got a much higher chance of scoring than Hoyland has. Same with the one where Trent's got back for Ganacho. I don't think he, he gets back if it's Martinelli there. And that's yeah, the that's exactly. the difference in Arsenal and, and United at the moment is if you give players a half chance with Arsenal, the likelihood is they'll score. United, I except for that one Hoyland chance, I honestly didn't think United were ever going to score either. Um no, which there was one been... where there was one near the end, and again I think it's the feel of the game where you just you're panicking where everything f- fucking feels well worse than it is. There was one I thought Allison saved and then I watched it back. And he never didn't even get to him. The defender cleared it, but I think one of theirs put it in from the left hand side across the box. And I thought their play shot and Allison saved it, but it never he hit it against the, the defender. But yeah, I just think I don't think we defended bad. I thought as a unit we looked we looked sound at the back, as you said. They didn't really look like scoring, but as a as a threat offensively, they look better than us. When yeah, they move ball forward, when they hit spaces and areas, you know, like a few times they went down the left in the first half, where Trent had to fucking grab his ass back to get to get back. Um, I just think they look better going forward than us. We didn't. We we knew we weren't going to score, and as as we said, like every chance we did have, would you call it a chance? Bar yeah. one, they were all half chances. Hope fucking it and hopes far out strikes and, and the odd header but yeah I don't think we played bad I just there's just shutting off with the creativeness and again mm. 
if Shabbosley said to you, if Shabbosley turns up in that game, then you'd effectively Diaz turns up and Nunes turns up and Salah's running in behind and there's just a difference lacking that quality in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wasn't much contention with any major decisions in the game. Um, I think the only ones really were um, Shaw, just people saying it was handball. Um, a few people saying, no, um, what's your take on it? I wasn't, I don't Scream know. for it on the ground. Yeah. Seen it, seen it clearly from the halfway line, though. You know what I mean? So, I'm like, fucking 24 rows up and on the halfway line. It was handball. In it as hand, but his arms by his side in it, so that's the yeah. fucking So again, it's one of them. If it happens against us, against them, I'll be livid. So yeah, yeah, it's one of them. Um, yeah, I think the only other one was the uh, the red that um, Rashford two footed tackle looked mm. fucking absolutely woeful from where we were. He lunged in with two feet, but again, I haven't seen whether he's pulled the leg back or whatever. I haven't seen it in. in slow motion as a highlight and then mm. the red card as well which was fucking insane that's <laughs> the insane. that's a weird, that's the oddest lad it's just stupid like that red card is a joke um i think it, it's all it's just a yellow card was enough like it's all one rant it doesn't need to be treated as two separate incidents because it wasn't um it's just <laughs> fucking stupid like we're talking about uh, Nunez getting booked in the first half when he's you know he's fucking ran into Johnny Evans on purpose. He's he's rugby tackled and essentially kicked the ball away and then sarcastically clapped the lines and he could have got three yellows on a different day there. Um, and then and then he's gone and done that to Dallow like it meant nothing to the game. It just just you know United you now lose him for the game, but it's just it's just. <laughs> I, I didn't know what he'd done at first. I was like, who's he give it? I was like, is he gives a second yellow to someone else here? Like, surely it's not for Dallow. And then Dallow's just looking at him like, are you fucking mad? Oh, lad. He, he literally weird. argued that we that he won the ball and then never got the decision. So he was saying that it was his day of throw. Yeah. And then he's ranting that he never got the decision for that and he's booked him. And then he's ranted up the booking. Whilst ranting about that, I mean, like, yeah, the only thing he put the fucking yellow cards away was back out before we knew it. But I like guess. I say, just it was one. It should have been treated as one incident. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I think if he, do, I don't think he does that in the in the seventieth minute. No. I think that that's just an authority. Look, look, I am the big. I am that. Hmm. Look what I can do because it's just stupid. You know what? I don't like of all the referees as well. I don't mind Michael Oliver. I think he's he's the best of a bad bunch. Um and stuff like that. I don't think he, he he doesn't normally do shit like that. So I was surprised even more because if it was him, if it was someone like fucking Bobby Madley or fucking Jared Gillard or someone like that, then just go yeah, you're a clown. But Michael Oliver, I think he's got a little bit more sense about him than the rest of them. Yeah, it was just a weird one. I say we don't know what's actually being said. He might have said you, you fucking big dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then and then you can't even see the throw in. Ah, you fucking big cabbage. And then. Red cards, but I don't think he did. I just heard him, like, he was shouting poots at the fucking fellow when he was coming off the fourth official. <laughs> fucking hell, madness. Yeah, um, yeah, again, it was a bit of a fucking a 30 second spell of excitement in a game that had not. Yeah, that's it. So I seen a United fan saying him, he had to send them off just to give the Liverpool fans something to cheer for. I know, do you know what? <laughs> fucking right. It, it, was, it was mad though, because we had 12 corners, we had like 70% of the possession throughout the game. Do you say we've had the fucking 
eight shots on target. We've we've had over thirty shots on goal, haven't we? Including mm. the block ones. So you know you can't we can't sit here and say we played bad because we didn't play bad. We didn't. We weren't even that sloppy. It was only no. sloppy when we were playing the passes in. But it was the individual errors like Louis Diaz trying like he'd square up against the man and then try and like knock it past him the wrong way and just get it took off him and then we'd be caught. Hmm. And that happened a few times. Um said that last time though, like with Diaz, that's what he does. He he tries to stand the ball up and knock it past him. And yeah. he read it and he read it every time yesterday. Yeah, he stops it dead and then tries to go and before he'd even started to go, the ball was back in our half. And um yeah, I just thought it was individual stuff. Salah, you can read Salah's game. He kept trying to cut it on his left, and he would just they were blocking that out. Threads every time he got the ball, he got pressed, so he couldn't make anything happen. When he did, he was trying to force everything, and that's where it gets frustrating. He trapped like you know, there's people you you get frustrated on the sidelines and you're signing that, but you can't knock lads for trying. And we did try. We didn't turn up there, and it was like a lethargic, effortless performance. We mm. had a fun goal. We tried, we just couldn't get in behind them. And mm. I don't want to give credit to Man United for that. I think he knew. I think if we batted them, he was he gone. Yeah. Even after the first eight minutes, I've never seen Manchester United come to Anfield and waste time. Eight minutes in, them goal kicks, the referee was hurrying him up straight away, fair play to him. He was challenged to hurry up from the fifth minute on his goal kicks. Hurry mm. up, take them. And then he started doing that shit. And again, we were pressing them with three men the first five minutes. Mm. And he took one of them daft goal kicks. We pressure, and you were waiting for an accident to happen. You were waiting for it to hit our player and it through for the net. But after five ten minutes, we stopped. We stopped chasing it. We just let them do it, and they they started growing into the game. Then, yeah, that's when the atmosphere bit dust. It completely died. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree to a point with what you're saying. Like, I think it's a case of we didn't play bad, but we didn't play good. Um. It's just a case, yeah. It look, it's just you write it off. Um, I think it's getting looked at more and being overblown a bit because of who we were playing. I think if that was against a, a fucking, I don't know, if that was against a Brighton a team, you know, good team, or even or even Villa, if that was against someone like that, I don't think the reaction would be as strong. I think it's just because of it's Man United, they are in a bad spell, and and what we've done to them last time. I think it's all just sort of been blown up a bit and you know like we said the overconfidence from some people was absolutely fucking madness um it didn't it didn't warrant that overconfidence based on our last few weeks of performances um but look it it, it didn't it, it's not thankfully city did drop points as well um and the, you know it's only a point behind arsenal it could have been if you would have said after last season that we'd be within touching distance of Arsenal and and above City at this point in the season, every single fan would have bit your hand off for it. So you just got to try and take as many positives from it as possible. Um, what did you make of the Van Dyke Roy Keane thing? Fucking ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Roy Keane is a fucking gobshite. To be honest, and I, I usually like him. I think yeah, he speaks a lot of the time and I don't know what's happened there. He's just talked absolute shite and I thought Daniel Sturridge was absolutely spot on. Yeah, me too. Quality, I thought he handled himself the, the way he never lost. He could have lost his rag and he never bowed down to me either and said, oh yeah, Roy, you're right. No, he, he said practically, you're talking shit, um, which he was. There's no arrogance there. 
Man United are fucking shit. The goalie's shit. The team's shit. They set up shit. And they got a point at Anfield. We're obviously frustrated. We're in a title race. Mm. We've just got two points to one of the, the worst in the top ten at the moment. In a, in a game he didn't play well or create chances. So, yeah, it wasn't a case of we're frustrated because they're shite. But in reality, that's where we're all at. Yeah. No, he hasn't come out and said that. He's just said, yeah, Derby wasn't better points. And we're disappointed, which mm. is to say, because we should have been winning that game. Yeah, it's just weird. You know, he talks about Van Dijk being disrespectful towards Man United. Roy Keane's been nothing but disrespectful towards Man United for the last fucking 10 years. Um, <laughs> and, then, you know, talk about disrespect last season. Um, the 7-0, Graeme Souness was saying, I've never been more confident about the Liverpool win in my life. Gary Neville and Roy Keane were fucking laughing in, in his face, essentially. Talk about disrespect. You're disrespecting the man to his face there. So, just... He's talking shape, but I wouldn't have minded it if he just come out and gone, yeah, he's he's disrespected, it was naive, blah, blah, blah. Fair enough, that's your opinion. But what relevance does you playing for a team that's won one league title in 30 years? What what relevance has that got with what Van Dyke said? None whatsoever. It's well, just batshit fair, crazy. Man United are catching us up. They're on year 11 now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we've won, you know, we win one trophy throughout our bad spell. We always mm. have. Seeing every trophy in my fucking life. Um, Jürgen Klopp's teams won every trophy you can win, bar you don't believe. So, which is coming, which is coming. <laughs> but yeah, no, just kind of um, just a stupid thing to say. And again, that's what that was like a conversation in the pub. That mm. just chatting it after a few fucking Guinnesses or something. I'd imagine, but um, no, it probably I'd expect him to either apologise or he'll mention it again and stand by it because he is a prick like that. But. <laughs> Van Dyke had every right to say what he said. I don't. He didn't even. He just basically. He literally said they're buzzing. They're buzzing with a point, and we're disappointed. And yeah. that does show the levels. That shows the levels between us because there are levels between us. Mm. They're not the nice of old, and they'll probably never ever get back there because as a team, to say I've never seen a team so panicked coming to Anfield, setting up like that. But I understood it. They are in a bad way. They are wounded. They are shite and. He had, he had a few good few players missing, so they had to do what they could to, to save face and fair play to them, they did. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like you said there, Daniel Sturridge was absolutely fucking brilliant. Um I've been I've liked him every time he's been on Sky so far, to be honest, but that was just sort of the icing on the cake, I thought. Like you said, he handled it fantastically. Um just yeah, he, he was he was calm, I loved he was measured. Like, I, I loved how it was like it wasn't patronising, but the way he slowed his speech down to like let it get into Roy Keane, mm. and he was saying it's not, you know, it's not him being disrespectful or arrogant. It's a player who's playing for a team who are levels above another team being disappointed they haven't beat that team, and that is absolutely correct. Yeah, I love when he said as well, "What do you want him to say, Roy?" Yeah, like because yeah. he had nothing to say. It's like. What do you want him to say? You talk about the captain's mentality and all stuff like that, and and you know people and the winning mentality, and people got on about it a bit with Jadel Quanza the other day with his comments about Joel Matip, um, and like you know that's the mentality Stephen Gerrard. Did you see that? No, no. Basically, he he got interviewed after the uh, after the fucking USG game, I think it was, and um, he says, um, 
you know, it's it's unfortunate what happened to Joel and all our thoughts are with him, but my plan this season was to take his place anyway. So I'm, that's what I'm here to do. I'm taking an opportunity that's been given to me. And then I seen someone compare it and people were like, why? I don't know if people were like annoyed at it, but people were like, why is he saying that? It's like, I want him to say that. Like, yeah. I don't want him to come out and go, ah, oh, we're really going to miss Joel Matter. Um, you know, I'll try my best in these games, but we're really going to miss Joel Matter. It's like, no, come out and go, we're not going to miss Joel Matter one bit. You won't, you'll forget about who he is. I'm fucking, this is my place now. I'll take his place. I'll take Kanate's place. Like, I, that's what that's what confidence you want. So if Van Dyke had come out in that interview and gone, um, well, I thought Man United were the better team. I thought they'd done this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. And, and or I don't think we deserve to win. Roy Keane would have a goal for that as well. Yeah, he was. And so he can't win, but it's just him. I don't know what it is. He, he goes on these weird tangents where he hates Man United for seven years, loves them for a week, and next week he'll be fucking slating them because they'll get six put past them by fucking West Ham or something. Yeah, it is. He is like that, though. He just, just depends what. Moment he's in, he's just time to But um, no, Van Dyke was spot on, and as you say, storage was was nailed on, and I like that from Quanzer. I haven't heard that, so yeah, you don't want to be coming out going, oh, you can't wait for him to be back. I'm a bit panicked. You know, yeah. into my place now. And if you want it back, fight you. Yeah. That's how it be. Obviously, they're all mates in the dressing room. They're all together, and no one wishes fucking injuries on players, but. When even if you hear one of your fucking mates is hurt his leg and he's raising your position, you're fucking a bit made up. Is what it is. Only and eleven, that, only eleven places on the team at the end of the day, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's how you get. That's how you get in. You know, at that age as well, if you get you get thrown in the deep end and you you make your statements, then you're in. And you know that's clubs made it quite clear why we didn't sign a centre half. Yeah, he was there. So yeah, it's unfortunate for Joel Matter, but I'm gutted for him. And you know, we haven't really spoke about it to be honest. No, it is a horrible injury to get at his age because it's it's career defined sort of. But in the last year of his contract, through sentiment alone, I hope we offer him something just mm. so he that's not his final game at Liverpool because he's won too much and he's been involved in too much and he's been a massive part of the dressing room. He looks a massive laugh and the lads love him. So yeah, I hope he does get a little something off the club to say yeah. Do you know what? While you. In your rehab, we'll support you when you come out of your rehab. There's a fucking job here for you, mm. and, and maybe let him go on a free the year after so he can earn a few quid. And yeah, that'll be a lovely end to his career at us. But I hope mm. it's not because he deserves a bit more than that. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, I mean, hopefully, just even if it's just to aid his recovery, you know, because it's happened in you know, December, so he's out until. Practically this point next season at the very earliest, I'd say. Um, yeah, just just to even if it's just to aid his recovery, give him another year, let him come back, let him play a final few games next season, let him go out on a high, let him get a proper a proper send off at Anfield, like like him and and so many others in in Klopp's original winning team deserve. Um, yeah, I I hope it's not his last game for us, but um, again, you've got to love that mentality from Quanta. Um, like to have that about him at twenty years of age, coming in, playing next to the best one of the best centre backs that's ever graced fucking the pitch, <laughs> and it's just it doesn't phase him. It's like fair play to him. You gotta love to see it. Um, I almost didn't want to bring this up, but I'm going to because it's uh, loads of people have shared it. Have you seen that fucking bald Irish nonce from uh, Anfield agenda? Have you seen his rant? I haven't seen him. I won't watch him. 
lad, it just, I wanted to hear what he said because I know what he's like, but I thought to myself, I, I want to know how bad he's blown it out of proportion. And he's saying, fuck Klopp, fuck Salah, sell him to Saudi, fuck, fuck, basically fuck um, them two and Nunes. Um, the yeah, bottlers, the frauds. He's, the fucking, I, he's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. He, he's the fucking, is this, this the fella who said he couldn't go out of his house, but then was at a hospitality event. Yeah. Um, <laughs> used the money from his fucking website and that, what was meant to be for charity, for a house. So, yeah, he's a fucking fraud. He's, an, he's a horrible man. And he creates content to, to get a reaction. And that's why I won't watch him and I won't share him anymore because that's what he fucking wants. He is a fucking pillar. An absolute bald eagle's pillar. Looks like a cabbage, talks like a cabbage, sounds like a cabbage. He's a fucking cabbage. So, <laughs> yeah, I won't entertain him, lad. Um, Fair enough. He goes, he, does, he goes overboard for fucking... And then, you know, we could put five past someone next week and he'll do the same. He'll go overboard. In the other direction. Yeah, and it, it gets people going. He's a fucking two-faced prick in, but as they say, publicity is it, good. So, yeah, he's a, he's a fucking weapon, though. An absolute weapon, and I can't believe he hasn't been filled in if he's ever been the match. But there's too many of them. There's too many about, and they're just creeping in from every fucking corner now. Everyone's got a YouTube channel, and, you know, I don't... Speaking of, just subscribe to us. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what? Like, ours is different, isn't it? Ours is yeah. just us having a talk, and if people want to hear it, people hear it. But watching someone watch a match, like, mm. what? What is it? I'm watching you watch the match. Yeah. You're telling me what you're watching, in your opinion, because he's a gobshite. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's a weird you know concept. I mean? It makes no sense. I don't get who follows it and who watches it, but fucking hell. It's just bizarre. So yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Everyone on the dogs just got some sort of channel now. And I don't know, I know we've only been going a few years and there's there's people who've been going years and that, but yeah, there's just everyone fucking there's people who just do it as a hobby, they just record and post and I just don't get it. Like I go to match, I take one religious photo of wherever of me view. Before a game, that's me thing. Take yeah. one photo. But someone, I was adding someone on Twitter about me. I've seen it. Put your book on phone away, your, your sausage. You're never going to look at that photo again. And he's probably right. I probably won't. But I post it on the day. Sometimes it's reference for, you know, if people ever go, you fucking, oh, you're commenting on the match and you never went. So I can go, well, I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. And it just shut stuff like that. But um, yeah, that was funny that your sausage. <laughs> I've had to go back with your mushroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, just, there's too many of it going on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm getting followers, millions, fucking a million followers or something. It's, it just shows you our fan base. You know, that's what the world, that's entertainment to, to our social media fan base. People talking sense and people having a, a, a genuine opinion on what's going on. Mm. Probably doesn't interest most people. But you know what? People, I hope it's, but, I hope it's half. Not our, I hope it's mostly not our fan base though. Like, like the way other fans probably do with that goal bridge, it's people following them because, or like, you know, when Arsenal fan TV blew up, it's because yeah. it was other people following them because they wanted to see the reaction. Everyone was willing Arsenal to get beat, not because they didn't like Arsenal, because they wanted to see yeah. Arsenal fan TV's reactions. You're probably right, lad. If you probably scroll through their followers, it'll be like there'll be a few 
few weapons from our fan base, but it will be. People just can't wait to see the downfall of and the the meltdown of when something goes wrong. Because mm. it is it's it to be fair, yeah, it is funny. It is funny when it's not one of your own. These are <laughs> yeah. the kids, but that Mark Goldbridge, when you hear him actually speak and he speaks not through the content, he's all right. Yeah, he's not bad like he's, he's just a content creator and he is he's fucking funny at it, to be fair. I do watch some of his stuff. Um but I only watch yeah. his my I only watch his reactions when United lose, to be honest with you. And obviously yeah, the Og clip comes up on social media and stuff like that. And it's if like it's, the best bits, isn't he? Yeah, well even the start of the last episode, the, the on the audio I put Goldbridge at the beginning, reacting to the seventh goal going in, like just as a bit of fun. Um but that again, that's I, I'd like to think anyway, that that's what it mostly is. Um but look, you know what? It was a, it was a good weekend for other Liverpool teams, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Liverpool women beat United, so we'll we'll take that. We'll we'll say we beat them this season. Um, Liverpool and Uruguay won the league, so for the first time ever. So again, that's us. Put it in the trophy cabinet. Um, <laughs> and Paddy beat Tony Ferguson, so it's fucking. We really won three times this weekend and drew yeah. once. So house is real. Don't forget it. <laughs> so we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Um. But look, West Ham on Wednesday, um, we've got a, it's a weird one. Obviously, it's a big game. It's a quarter final of a cup competition. We want to win it. Um, but obviously, we've got the biggest game of the season so far on Saturday with Arsenal. So I'm I'm very intrigued as to how the team's going to line up. I expect a few changes, but I don't want us to be playing. I, I want it to be still very strong at the same time. Yeah, I agree. But like, if you if if you're offered me now, throw the kids out and beat Arsenal, I'll be doing it. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Never, ever, ever say that. I'd always say, and I'd always encourage, go for everything. But I think with the the depth of our squad at the minute and the injuries we've got and stuff, I think just fucking field and field the team you think can beat what team they're going to put out. Obviously, you will. It's fucking common sense. But don't go fucking don't go through too far-fetched of it. Mm. I think me. they're going to go full strength, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, got a I think um, I think it's a bigger game for them than it is for us, even though it's a big game for us. I say quarter-final of any competition is a game you've got to take seriously. I think the, the kids and the, the reserves in our team, I think if you put a right mix of them out, should beat West Ham. Mm. But again, I'd be, we just discussed the likes of Nunes and Diaz. I think they're the games play them. Get a play confidence boost. If anything happens, we're not going to miss them against Arsenal. By as mad as that sounds, like yeah. I think keep Sobersly needs a rest. Keep him out the team. Uh, some me Josh said this to me as well. Josh, he's come from the German league and he's played every minute of every game for us. Well, every fucker, he started every game for us, and it's a different level, different intensity, and. I do think it might just be fucking catching up on him a little bit. It's a different training program, different. It is. It's it's, it's all different, and I think as time goes by, I think it is just just creeping up on him a little bit. He could do with a with a game out. Um. Yeah. I, again, you've got the likes of Gravenberg, you've got Jones, you've got Harvey Elliott. Players like that, they should be capable of beating West Ham. Well, Gravenberg's injured now, isn't he? So how is he? Is it serious? He's. I mean. It's confirmed he's got a hamstring problem. I don't think it's been confirmed how long he's out for yet. But 
I'd say he's definitely out for Wednesday and um, possibly Saturday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so you, you know what? You go fucking again at the minute. I think for me, the first team, the first name on the team, she's Endo. Mm. And it, it's mad. <laughs> it fucking really is. But this is players like him, do grow on you. And you don't really appreciate what he does until you actually see a bit more of him. And he, he's, he's faultless at the minute. I think he's doing everything right. I think he's. He's a massive part of that midfield already. And it'd be a shame to see him have to step out of it. So, is McAllister back? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen any no, about him. They had his kitten ready in the dressing room yesterday. So, I don't know if that's just sort of, sort of, they just put them all out anyway. Or yeah. whether he was sort of close to being back. I don't know. But um, I think people were probably looking a bit too much into that when you seen that picture yesterday. Yeah, probably, lad. No, as I say, I think if you've, you've got players injured, you need players to have a rest. Jones, Elliot, Enzo, midfield. Um, again, you don't want to fucking burn Simicash out. He ran his arse out the other day, so mm. play Gomez left-back. No, um, play him right-back. You've got you've got two left-backs there. You've got that McConnell, who started in Europe the other day. Um, and I can't remember the other lad's name, but you've got two left-backs ready to go there. Just Gomez left-back just doesn't work. Um <laughs> Or, or no, I mean, don't get me wrong. If we started him centre back, I wouldn't have an issue with that as much, because simply I don't think Trent would be next to him if he played centre back. No, I, I think if we, I think if we yeah, you I like, think if we played like Gomez, fans like Quanset Gomez on a left back. Um, Keller has start. Yeah, Keller Allison. No, Keller and then um, Elliot Jones and all. Up front, Gakpo, Doch, maybe. Yeah, Gakpo, Doch, and Nunes on the left. Mm. No, it's it's like you said, it's the kind of game where the, the lads who are underperforming at the moment could get a boost out of. Um, I think the, the intensity of the game won't be, I think, not necessarily the intensity, but the feel of the game won't be like a Premier League game. It's like West Ham are coming to win because, you know, they've got to win kind of thing. Whereas if it was a league game, West Ham, they, you know, they might try and sit back a bit, try and try and get out of there with a draw maybe or try and catch us on the counter. I don't think they'll play as sort of defensive as they would do in a league game. Yeah, they'll just go for it. And they've got every right to I think at the minute, the way we're playing, we are leaking goals and conceding chances at least. So I think they are going to go for it. They're a fucking hard team when they turn up. But I think every time... West Ham are doing a little bit all right. We just rolled them. So hopefully it's the same. Again, you don't know what to expect from Anfield. It's an Anfield atmosphere for a, a League Cup game. If it, if it can't get up for Manchester United when you're top of the league, does it get up for a League game? But it all boils down to who's in the grounds. You know, is is any is there going to be a person paying 400 quid to go almost Liverpool versus West Ham? Is there no. going to be people travelling from all over the world and all over fucking the UK to to go and watch Liverpool versus West Ham on a fucking eight o'clock kickoff. Don't think so. So you might have families taking the kids for, you know, a few games and like our Steve, he goes, he's only five and he just rolls his head off. He might yeah. need, might be anything to do with the song that goes on, but he's fucking making noise. Just doesn't shut up, yeah. He's that, the atmosphere, he's enjoying himself. So, you know, if you can get a few of them in, a few dads and lads in, a few mars, whatever, just make noise. Get involved, yeah. and you'll probably find like I remember that that, that Leicester game when Minamino scored, that went off. Yeah, that that went off. That was a cup game where there was fucking families in there who who just wanted to 
release a bit of fucking tension and enjoy the day. And that's what you'll find, hopefully, and it's West Ham that the crowd might be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be a weird one. As I say, I don't think anybody's going to be paying three, four hundred quid for it. I can imagine, you know, some of the ones who've maybe come over specifically for the United game might have got a sort of another one in with the West Ham game. It kind of just fell nicely for them or something like that. So, um, but yeah, just just a bit of noise, just just a little bit. Um, an early goal obviously will help it, but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the sole reason that there's a bit of noise either. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Um, I'd like us to go out and put a strong team up, but as I say, if it means sacrificing the League Cup a little bit to, to make sure we're top at Christmas, then yeah, take it. As much as I don't want to say it, take that yeah, chance. Do you know what, though, lad? I, I've actually I've said, it, I've said it a while ago to you, and I've said it to me dad, I've said it to all the lads. It suits me not being top at Christmas. I'm quite happy with sitting in second, sitting breathing behind their next, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think where we're at, I think sitting in top with people chasing us, I don't know whether that suits us. I think us being the underdog and us not having the pressure on us suits us a little bit more. And yeah, I just think I wouldn't be, if we're, if we're behind them by a few points come Christmas Day or come New Year and it's it's grabbable within a game or two, then I'll be fucking very happy that we're, we're still in, the, in it. But, you know, fucking things can change over two or three games. We, we could... You know, we, we ended their season last year. Hopefully, we can fucking do that again. Yeah. Knock the confidence and the stuffing out of them. Go at them. Fucking cost them points. Put points on our fucking tally and climb above them. But if we don't, I wouldn't be, I won't be too disappointed. I'd be, I'd be disappointed if we don't fucking get a point out of it. Yeah, yeah. But I won't be too disappointed if, if it's a draw and when we're sat a point behind them because. It's just one of them. I think I think it's just to be underdogs. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't be the worst position to be in going into Christmas, would it? But um obviously the win would be nice. But I I do kind of agree with you. I think the only time it suited us being top of Christmas is when we fucking absolutely ran away with it and ended up winning it. Um because there was just no chance anyone was catching us that season. But yeah, I do kind of agree with you. Um but look Don't get me first, wrong. I want to win. I don't want to be. I'm not saying I'd rather be fucking second than top. I want to win. I think the the effects that might have on them again, if we, we if we can be top and be in pole position, we've just got to fucking stay there, and that might give the lads confidence. But I just don't feel like it will at the minute. I think the pressure on some of the new lads is is taking its toll and it's showing. So mm. I think if we can just be, you know, win this game, you go top. Win this game, you go top, and we just keep. Chasing and chasing and chasing. Eventually, we'll win that game that puts us top. But if that's on Saturday, fucking so be it. Happy Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, we'll uh, wrap it up there for today. Um, we'll wrap it up like a present for Christmas. <laughs> I'm on to you. Good one. Um, I don't know if we'll be back before the end of the week for a, a proper dedicated Arsenal preview, but um. Once Christmas, the madness of that's over, we'll definitely be back sorted in between Christmas and New Year there to at least talk about the Arsenal game and probably the Burnley game. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everyone, as always. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on your podcast apps, whatever one that may be, and more importantly, up the Reds. Up the Reds. Merry Christmas. Sports Social Podcast Network.